Radical, episode 197. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thanks for being here. Uh, today, we have the response, I guess, if you want to call it that, is the Libertarian State of the Union. Now, I am only speaking as a Libertarian. I do not represent the Libertarian Party. Uh, it would be foolish of me to sit here in a in a Libertarian way and, and, and think that um, I am speaking for the Libertarian Party. I speak for myself um, with a lot of the Libertarian principles and... I want to cover a lot of what I saw last night in the State of the Union. Uh, I want to cover the response of the State of the Union and talk about this from a completely new perspective that I don't think most people in society get. So welcome. If you are a longtime listener, if you are here and you're new, uh, I don't care where you come from. I am happy you're here. Uh, I am happy that you are diving down a rabbit hole, finding a new world of what is actually going on with solutions uh, and you know the, the real cause of the problems, right? Like you can't address your problems uh, if you don't really know what they stem from. So um, in today's episode, cover a little bit of my thoughts on uh, the State of the Union that uh, Joe Biden gave last night and the the Republican response. So first and foremost, um, I wanted to see if Joe Biden could come out there and deliver a State of the Union. And I was kind of shocked uh, that he did. Now, did he have his mess ups? Sure, he did. Uh, trying to uh, you know win the hearts and minds of the Iranian people. I think is, you know, one of those places where uh, the the real Joe Biden off, you know, script and teleprompter or whatever uh, was was, a you know, very out in the open for a few few minutes. There were a few other mix ups, but for an hour long uh, speech, I thought he at least, um, I don't know, came across as. Uh, somebody who still had some facility left. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was, you know, good or, or great or anything like that. Um, I thought it was um, remarkable that a man with that sort of cognitive decline could hold it together for as long as he did, and to watch uh, Kamala and Nancy Pelosi behind him during that time kind of keep it together. Well, there were some reactions um, when he did mess up. Uh, they, you know, the pretty good at poker faces. So let's let's talk about some things in terms of a a libertarian state of the union. Um, and I want to start first and foremost. If we're looking at this as a state of the union address from a perspective of uh, peace and liberty, free markets, consent, uh, these ideas uh, of a constitutional republic, uh, I think. Those days are gone. I think the days of the U.S. being a constitutional republic uh, have been gone for a very long time. I think the government is so far outside of its constitutional delegated authorities that it will never, ever, ever be regained. And I want people to understand this. To try to fix the United States in terms of it being a constitutional republic, I think is just folly. I think it is an, a non-starter. Uh, I've gotten some pushback at meetings I've gone to, at, at you know speaking engagements and things like that. Uh, that you know say, well, if we just follow the Constitution, 
I want to tell you, you know, as a guy that knows the Constitution frontward and backward, uh, that knows the mechanics of the Constitution, that knows the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist, um, that the Constitution was flawed from the very beginning because it took the power away from people in the states and it centralized it in D.C. So this um, this idea that we're ever going to fix the country and make it constitutional again is an absolute non-starter. It didn't work in the first place. It's not going to work now. It's not ever going to work when you put people who are thieves and murderers in charge of a lot of money and a lot of power. Like it just, we're here because it didn't work. Uh, To try to resurrect it, I think is absolutely uh, asinine and insane. And I know that hurts a lot of people's feelings who love America. Um, that doesn't mean that we can't experience the idea of America with, with something that's not the United States of America, far be it from there. And let's start from the beginning, because I think every problem that we have has a solution and most of them stem, um, straight out of the bat from a decrepit, decaying, evil enslavement program that is known as the Federal Reserve. The international banking uh, cabal that is uh, built on debt money, slave money, right? Like every dollar that's created, there is another one that is owed back. So even if you pay back the first dollar, you still owe. The, The corruption of the U.S. dollar in history, and I've covered it many, many times in my show, is is one of centralization of gold. Uh, it is one of centralization of the banks. Uh, 1913, the Federal Reserve Act came through with Woodrow Wilson. Um, under FDR, they started to confiscate gold from the people. And in 1972, I believe, 71, 72, uh, Richard Nixon took us from a gold standard to a completely fiat currency. And fiat just means decreed currency. When when that happens, in every case, those are defaults for the American government on what they owe uh, people who would come to collect. You know, in, in terms of other countries, in terms of private accounts, whatever it is, they have absolutely 100% defaulted on gold, they have defaulted on dollars, they have defaulted any time and every time they've had to pay. That's what deficit spending does, that's what debts do. Uh, In terms of the reserve currency of the world, this has perverted the entire world in terms of their transactions. In any given human transaction, there should be two consenting parties. Not two consenting parties, and a third party holding a gun at the other two consenting parties saying, you owe me part of whatever transaction that is, or even knowing what that transaction is. If those two people are uh, having a consentful uh, type of interaction, trade, they should be left alone. And so one of the first things that we should be looking at is a new system that gets rid of the Federal Reserve, the banking cabal, and the ability of the people in power to choose the winners and losers, not only in politics, 
uh, but in corporations, in terms of the market, and in other currencies. You know, in, in terms of what banks will work, what currency will work. These are all choices made by people in free markets that are not made and were never meant to be made by governments. And that's why you have a dollar that's absolutely declining. If we are being serious about healing people and healing nations and uniting people, we're talking about Bitcoin. We are talking about a system that is saleable over time and space and scales. We are talking about a decentralized ledger that keeps track of every transaction that's ever made. It is public and everybody comes to the table in the same rules, in the same format, and there are no winners and losers because Bitcoin, the algorithm, Bitcoin, the code, Bitcoin, the uh, the white paper, it doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about people. It cares about the code and the code only, and that is set for everyone. So let's let's leave that at that. There is a system that will work. There is a system that we can adopt across state lines, across county lines, across the world that will free people to interaction. And we have seen it lately. We've seen it in Canada, and we have seen it in Ukraine, and we have seen it in Russia, where banks have been uh, shut down, where people have been prosecuted by their own government, uh, where they have been you know, shut out of their own banks and their own country in terms of invasion, or they have been shut out of banks in their own country because they are protesting an invading force. Bitcoin has been the one constant in all of this that nothing that these superpowers or first world nations with all the power they have could stop. Those blacklisted uh, Bitcoin addresses can continue to trade, continue to swap Bitcoin, and nothing ever, ever, ever did stop them, could stop them, and nothing ever will stop them. That's freedom. That is the ability to be free of force and coercion in a system. It is a system that is built on, on you know, horizons far, far in the future. Low time preference. That is a characteristic of a, a society that does more saving, that does not rack up deficits, does not rack up spending. It makes, makes wise decisions with, it, with its people and its resources. That is a complete departure from what we live in now. We've seen this administration and the administration before this throughout not only my life, but through U.S. history, um, spend resources and spend lives recklessly in the pursuit of power. That ends with Bitcoin. Let's talk about what else is going on in terms of the State of the Union. I think people are extremely tired of the corrupt political class. Everywhere we turn, no nobody ever sees justice, ever, ever, ever. Uh, it doesn't matter if it is Eric Holder, who has perjured himself in front of Congress, Lois Lerner, John Koskinen. It doesn't matter if it was the uh, Comey, FBI, uh, Strzok, Page. It doesn't matter if it was anybody that came up with a dossier like Hillary Clinton. It doesn't matter 
if you are Jeffrey Epstein, it doesn't matter if you are Ghislaine Maxwell. It doesn't matter if you have power and money. That's not justice. Meanwhile, the American people have suffered at the hands of government and been made criminals for being peaceful people. The corrupt political class in America has legislated itself out of the law that applies to everyday Americans, and people are sick of it. The the political class has rigged elections, not only on the back end, but on the front end in terms of ballot access to keep power between the Republicans and the Democrats ever so slightly pushing us closer and closer and closer to complete and absolute tyranny, despotism, and keeping libertarians and anybody else that would fight for liberty from starting from the ground up at their local city or state level and making names for themselves, changing offices at those levels. And it's absolutely absurd to me to think that at the end of the, at the end of the day, this can be looked at as anything but illegitimate. This ruling class, these ruling elite, the banks, the politicians and the corporations that all support each other at the very top. We know for a fact, and I think we agree across all party lines, that there is mass corruption, whether it's Democrats or Republicans. It has happened time and time and time again, and nobody ever pays the price. So I think people are tired of that. I think people are also extremely tired of never-ending war. I covered it in my last show. My adult life, the past 22 years, have been uh, spent in war. We've had a, a brief respite from Afghanistan, and now we're talking about ratcheting up war with a nuclear power in Europe. Absolutely one of the most irresponsible policies that we could ever imagine. It is completely out of line with America. It is completely out of line with the men and women who have said that they will serve to protect America, the Constitution, and the rights. And the idea that we're going to move to a war footing through the executive, through this leftover AUMF, which was never constitutional to begin with, the saber-rattling, the, uh, the denial of involvement in the in the press of people like Hunter Biden or Nancy Pelosi's or, um, oh boy, the, uh, the Republican Mitt Romney, but their kids working in Ukraine for energy corporations, um, just to have it, you know, I guess exported in terms of pollution into Russian hands. It, it makes no sense. Ending the wars is what we owe our country. Peace is what we owe our countrymen. And if we were ever to go to war through the Constitution, which I'm going to tell you again, this is one of the reasons why I think it has completely failed, is because executives take 
the entire country to war without declarations of war, without buy-in. And then through that broken fiat currency system, extract your life, liberty, and property to pay for such things. It's crazy. We have got to be anti-war until we can absolutely avoid it no longer. Period. From here out, this is the way it has to be. And I think most Americans are there. The next thing that I want to bring attention to is whatever you think you're hearing, whatever side is being portrayed in Ukraine, between Russia, NATO, Belarus, Poland, you're not getting the whole story. You're getting snippets of the whole story. And I will tell you for a fact that you have three-letter agencies uh, and bureaucracies and bureaucrats that are running around causing trouble in that region and have been for decades and decades and decades and decades. They are never going to tell you the truth about it. They are never going to uh, put this together. And I suspect that someday, hopefully soon, maybe we will get some hard, hard evidence of the U.S.'s involvement in Eastern Europe, uh, including our own alphabet soup meddling in organizations in Russia. So stand by for some of that. The next thing that I think we should probably move into is the problem of government indoctrination systems. Government indoctrination systems have left our population, the American population, in a place where they don't know what they don't know. They are denied access to real understanding of economics, whether it is macro or micro in terms of the Austrian field. Uh, they, they have been absolutely indoctrinated with things that don't matter forever. They are indoctrinated on how to listen and how to regurgitate and the plan for life, go to school, get good grades, go to higher education, get a good job and retire. That doesn't seem possible for a lot of us anymore. Retirement seems like one of those things that is being uh, stripped away from us as fast as they can print dollars. And I mean that because of inflation. When we understand economics and we understand money supply and the fact that they've never capped their money supply and they will continue to blow through debt ceilings, uh, deficits, and debt like it is going out of style because Keynesian economics demands it. We will see in our lifetime every dollar that we've earned cut in half with a 7.5% inflation rate that is happening now. That is more money chasing less goods. It is extremely apparent at the gas pump when you talk about energy. As soon as there is any sort of hiccup, any sort of inflation, anything chasing more and more and more energy in terms of petrodollars, you're going to see the price of energy skyrocket. This is what we have today. 7.5% will cut your money in half in less than 10 years. It is a tax, which Joe Biden said, if you're earning $400,000 or less a year, you'll see no new taxes. But he doesn't mention inflation. It is the worst. It has been probably my entire life. It is 
off the charts if you actually calculate it by 1980 CPI. But let's just take a look at the cheeseburger index, right? The cheeseburger index is one of those things that when cheeseburgers became a thing, you could buy a cheeseburger for about 25 cents. And if you look at what a cheeseburger costs today, three, four, five, six dollars, that's the cheeseburger index. That's where real inflation is for most people. So whereas you could feed a family, maybe a four, for about $5 back in the day. You're talking about feeding a family of four for probably closer to $30 to $40 now. The, dec the decline of the American dollar cannot be overstated. Over 98% of its purchasing power has been lost. Our main export as a nation now is currency. It is debt ridden currency to other countries. We give and give and give and give and they turn around and they tax and tax and tax and take more life, liberty, and property from peaceful people. That's the cost of this government. A corrupt, Keynesian, centralized government. The indoctrination systems in this country must be dismantled. They must be taken out of the hands of the government and they must be put back in the hands of the people, in the hands of the cities and counties and local people through consent. There's got to be choice and there needs to be competition. Period. Over the past two years, we have been put through the largest psychological operation probably known to man. COVID-19, while yes, it was dangerous and it killed a lot of people, has been shown to be the biggest conspiracy, maybe in our lifetimes. Democrats and Republicans went straight to the authoritarian end of the spectrum in response to COVID-19 and locked people down, began issuing mandates through executive decree, which were not their powers in the first place. The lockdowns cost us, and we will never, ever, ever, ever know the entire toll of what lockdowns and mandates cost the people. During that time, we were called non-essential. During that time, we were told, stay home, stay indoors, don't go anywhere, don't do anything. <sighs> Wear a mask, get shots, get more shots, wear more masks. And things will go back to normal. And all of it was a lie. All of it was a lie. And it doesn't matter if it was the Democrats, and it doesn't matter if it was the Republicans. Across the board. Executives wielded a power. Like kids in... Drunk. Absolutely drunk. With a new toy. With a, with a power that was never to be theirs, and they destroyed the lives 
of countless Americans. The amount of harm, self-harm that's been done, the amount of suicide rates through the roof, the amount of children committing suicide, the amount of people choosing to batter people within their homes, domestic abuse, absolutely through the roof. The number of incidents in terms of drug abuse and drug addiction, the alcohol abuse and addiction that is on the rise in this country because people have been fired, been let go. They have, they were mandated to get vaccinated by their employers because of an executive order from the president. It's absolutely insane. Not only is it insane, it's criminal. How far outside of the lines that these men, women, and tyrants acted without any understanding of economics, without any understanding of what that cost to society would be. And maybe they did know. And maybe they decided to make the choice that your lives, your liberties, your jobs, your livelihoods, your businesses, they didn't matter because they had higher aspirations. We will never understand the true cost of what happened over the past two years with COVID. Never, ever, ever, ever will we understand that cost. And we will never, ever recoup the time lost, the resources the humans, the, the souls that we've seen vanquished from this earth because of evil people. We'll never, ever understand that. These opportunity costs have set the human race back God knows how far. And on the backside of this, as they wag the dog and push us closer and closer to nuclear war, to take our eyes off of emerging evidence that most of this was known, constructed, that cures were known, that they were oppressed, that things like the vaccines didn't work. The fact that we have released information from Pfizer that was supposed to be sealed for 75 years. What a lot of the complications with these injections were. that places like Moderna had had synthesized a lot of what COVID-19 was in terms of Omicron. To see the corruption, to see the misinformation, to see the control and the power destroy lives in the lies that were pushed 24-7, 365 for two years. I think people are tired. What we should be calling for is medical freedom. The complete separation of of, church, of the murder cult, the banks, the, the government, the bureaucracies, and the corporations from the field of 
health and insurance from every aspect of those those fields in our lives. It's your body. This is your meat sack. You get to choose what to put in it, what not to put in it. And people that would force you to do anything else are absolute tyrants. And let's be very, very clear. It was both Republicans and Democrats that were pushing this the entire time. In 2021, and in, I guess, 2020 a little bit, we started to see the rise of parents because of things like critical race theory that was supposed to be introduced in schools. The men and women stood up. They stood up because of the, the medical tyranny uh, with masks. They started going to their schools. And they were arrested. This administration had more and more and more men and women convicted while addressing school boards than anybody in government that was destroying people's lives. They are scared to death of you. They are scared to death of you sticking up for your kids and claiming those kids as your own. They need them indoctrinated. They need them to be dependent upon the state. They need them to be good little citizens so that they pay their taxes, fall into line with whatever ridiculous socialist, communist plans they have. They need them to run off to war, to continue to push their power, their money, their currency, form of exchange, and their corporations. What we, should, what we should be doing is freeing these parents from any obligation they ever had to fund the government school system. They should not be paying property tax. They should not be paying you know, sales taxes. They should not be doing any of these things to give to organizations that they absolutely reprehensibly disagree with at a conscious level. We should also be looking at energy independence in terms of being, I guess, a nation, a nation of states or whatever. Energy is one of those things that if it's cheap and readily available and it is everywhere, but just look at, I guess, Nik- Nikolai Tesla's work. You look at what the the universe is. It's just made up of potential energy everywhere. Energy isn't expensive. It's been made expensive by all the powers that be that want to knock competition 
in forms of cheap energy from the market. Now, I don't know what's right for your area. I will tell you, in terms of Georgia, we can grow tons and tons and tons of hemp that we can turn into biodiesel. We can run nuclear reactors. We can do a bunch with hydroelectric. Your area might be different. I don't know. But whatever it is, it should be the choice of your area, and it should not be the choice of the federal government. That means if you want to put up portable nuke plants, you should be able to put up portable nuke plants. If you want to use your state's agricultural business or the, the farmers want to grow energy, then that should be absolutely nobody else's choice but theirs. We believe, as libertarians, you have the right to your life, liberty, and property. And that means doing anything and everything that you want with it, as long as you're not hurting somebody else. Energy independence is what we should be shooting for across the board. Because when we can make energy cheap and affordable, humans can do absolutely amazing things. And we're going to need it. I guess one of the the other things that I noticed in this uh, this ridiculous speech was Joe Biden's ridiculous stance against guns. He said something to the effect of, "There are high capacity magazines with a hundred rounds. What do you need that for? When the deer aren't wearing Kevlar? No, the deer aren't wearing Kevlar, Joe, but you tyrants do." Your goon squads definitely wear Kevlar. People, you have the right to own any weapon system that you absolutely need. That's it. Or want, for that matter. You want a machine gun? You want a belt fed? You want a mini gun? You want a tank? You should own it. No questions from the government. We're not asking permission from murderers and thieves that go through history, raping, pillaging, absolutely destroying civilizations through force and coercion if we can repel them. We've we've gotten to that point. Our stance as libertarians is own whatever weapon systems you think you might need. That's it, or want for that matter. And I guess the last thing that I want to talk about is our future, our kids. These monsters don't give a damn about your kids. They don't care about real education. They care about indoctrination. They don't care about their health, or they wouldn't have had them muzzled and separated and treated like lepers and cattle and sick people for two years. They wouldn't continue to say, inject them, inject them, inject them without actually knowing what the consequences were. We're going to have generations of children, two generations, some that are in their early teens and some that are five years and up that have been injected with a poison 
by a medical field that wouldn't say no, wouldn't do their diligence, wouldn't stand up. That was backed up by an executive branch that was drunk on power and pharmaceuticals. A lot of them are not going to be able to reproduce. A lot of them are going to have health problems that have been brought on by the injections, by secessions of injections, boosters. The best thing we can do for this generation is free them. Free them from the monsters that may have taken the most important aspect of their entire life away from them. Their innocence and their ability to reproduce later in life. If we're not looking at the next generation, if we're not looking at how they can be educated to find their passion, if we can't look at them and try to free them so that their passion can become genius, that their genius can lift the human condition, and we have failed as our generation. There is absolutely so much we can do. The last thing we need to do is be worried about repairing a constitutional republic that failed. What we need to be doing is looking to the future. What we need to be doing is looking at decentralization, localization, and figuring it out here in your hometowns. That's where you will be the freest. That is where your family will find the best life that they can. Is when you, your neighbors, your family can reach out and touch the people that represent you. To make them realize that you're peaceful people and that you owe them nothing. If we're going to have government, it should be as small as possible. It should be as localized as possible. And we should not be criminalizing peaceful people. We should be on a peace footing. We should be making sure that our culture changes. And we should be doing it through consentful interactions every chance we get. I believe this is the position of a lot of libertarians. Like I said, beginning this, I don't believe this is the position of every libertarian. Going forward, I can't imagine living with despots and tyrants that we have seen from the Republican and the Democratic Party for the last two years. Some things are going to have to change. I am quite optimistic that when they understand who we are outside of the the lens of the propaganda and the corporate media that has been running psychological operations on these people, I think we'll be successful. The beautiful thing is we only need about somewhere between 5 and 10% of the people to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this anymore. And when we have that, 
you will see freedom in America like you've never seen it before. We will encapsulate and thrive on those principles, those ideas. And I believe we'll be able to lead the rest of the world to them through consent. That is the the response that I wanted to talk about today. I appreciate anybody and everybody that's out there that's helping out. Um, I will tell you, um, we've got less than a week left to raise some funds. At the end of this video, I'm going to put up a little infographic. On that infographic, there is a uh, website and a QR code. You can donate to my campaign for the interest fees for governor. And I'd really appreciate it. Thank you all for the birthday wishes the other day. If you want to get me anything, you know, a small donation here would be extremely nice to have. So I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you guys that are out there. Um, I will have another show for you guys by the end of the week. Until next time. I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.